0: I'm delighted to be part of this conversation with Atul Misha. Atul is, of course, uh, a professor at Shivnada University, and he's published this absolutely brilliant book, Sovereign Lies of India and Pakistan, uh, post-partition statehood in South Asia. I'm normally not given to the hyperbole, but in this case, this is a work uh, which has tremendous theoretical rigor, Uh, draws from a rich archive of historical uh, sources, including archival sources. And finally, able to provide a political normative direction, which is appealing to me. So I thought uh, I'll discuss with Atul the main themes of his book. And I think perhaps the most engaging, important, and uh, relevant to a wider audience is the whole theme about partition. In some ways, Atul argues that partition wasn't inevitable and that uh, uh, partition resolved no issue for which it came about. In fact, accentuated uh, many of the issues and uh, created greater problems for both India and Pakistan. And there were alternative viewpoints, uh, which of course we'll talk about later on. But Atul, can you tell me about your main argument about partition?
1: Absolutely, Professor Mattu. And thank you so much for joining uh, this conversation. It's a privilege. So uh, I argue, basically, that uh, far from being inevitable, partition, in fact, was a solution uh, to which all the high parties to the negotiations of the 1940s uh, majorly the congress the league as well as the british uh, they uh, reluctantly and grudgingly um, accepted it in the course of the 19 uh, in, in the year 1946 and they did it because uh, the civil strife across the region had kind of uh, threatened to pull the region into a civil war And they thought that there was no other alternative uh, but to partition, but it wasn't uh, inevitable. That is the first argument. The second major argument I make there is uh, that partition could not have resolved the principal problem uh, that was facing front and center all of the region, and which was the problem of the uh, coexistence of the two major communities of the subcontinent. And what partition, in fact, did was that it worsened uh, that problem. So before uh, partition, you had one majority-minority dynamic across the region. Uh, partition ended up giving us three, initially two, and after 1971, three majority-minority dynamics. So it did not really resolve the
0: problem. It, in fact, worsened it. So in many ways, uh, you but you wouldn't really uh squarely and firmly put the blame on the british because the british did often think of partition as a quick cartographic solution they tried it in cyprus in ireland in palestine and of course with the worst possible consequences in south asia but you would say in some ways there was a collaboration which was wider and more nuanced rather than just a a plot by the empire as it were
1: I agree. Yes. And uh, the point there being that by the time it was 1946, all the parties were really fatigued and helpless and uh, they could see that the situation on the ground was uh, was slipping out of control.
0: Okay. Now, I think uh, the book rests on this very important peg, which is the theoretical peg in some ways, uh, but also in terms of policy relevance, which is sovereignty. And you argue that India and Pakistan are states that have displayed tremendous anxiety over the viability or security of their sovereignty. Uh, And your book argues that this India-Pakistan preoccupation with sovereignty in relation to each other tells us something very vital and fundamental about their statehoods. And their intertwined statehoods, which embody their sovereign lives, is the subject matter of your book. So could you... Uh, elucidate and expand on this?
1: Yes, Professor Mattu. So uh, conventionally, we think of sovereignty in terms of the uh, status that states enjoy, and that becomes the basis for them to uh, pursue a set of lofty goals such as development, security, prestige, status, whatever. Uh, In the case of India and Pakistan, especially as regards their bilateral dynamic, uh, what I argue is that sovereignty has become an end in itself in the sense that Uh, Although uh, partition was supposed to create these two sovereign states because of the contested nature of and the dissatisfactory nature of partition itself, the states have been in pursuit of sovereignty. Kashmir is a very fine illustration of it, but it is also manifested elsewhere. And this is what has led to at least three major uh, problems. One is, of course, mutual estrangement. Second is majoritarianism. And third is insecurity, which is felt at the level of the states as well as at the level of uh, the peoples.
0: Uh, Atul, I would have liked to discuss Kashmir more, but I think let me just focus on your next project, which is really looking at alternatives to partition and alternatives to Westphalian sovereignty. And you're trying to recover from the writings in South Asia. Could you just speak to that for half a minute? That's all the time that we have.
1: Absolutely. So in the 1930s and 40s, you had a whole range of thinkers who were opposed to partition and opposed to empire. And they said, look, we need not create a single nation state or multiple nation states in the region. We, in fact, can work with a federation. And that's what the next book project is really about. Delighted to have this conversation with you, Atul. Thank you.